Chinatown Reduced by the E The H and I see Reppin' New York City Live and direct Cause he always come correct When he does an interview It makes the streets all connect He stimulates the brain Through your mobile device And he smash like the Hulk When he claps you with advice It's all about the news When he drops and beats home So pay close attention Shit's about to explode Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast, coming to you live from the Upper West Side in New York City, where we blow up the news on a verbal scale. I am your host, Efren Guzman, and my guest today, he's an actor, he's a stunt performer, he's a motion capture actor. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the one, the only, TJ Storm. TJ, what's going on? Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, yo? What's happening? What's happening? Man, how you doing, brother? I'm good, brother. I'm good. Happy to be on the show, man. Thanks for having me. Man, it's a pleasure, man. It's a pleasure. Um, yo, first of all, let me just say congratulations on Deadpool. It's a financial success, and you know you're definitely a part of that. So definitely big ups and big congratulations to you. Thank you, brother. It's going bananas. It's going so well. Uh, I never expected it to go so huge. It, it just beat Star Wars in Russia, apparently. It did. It just keeps on going. It has legs, and uh, we're really proud that it's doing so well. Wait, it beat it beat Star Wars in Russia. Yeah, yeah, it, it outperformed Star Wars in Russia, so it's doing really, really well. It's blowing up. Wow, that's crazy, man! I I didn't figure anything could beat Star Wars, but damn, Deadpool, you know, right? right? That's <laughs> what I thought. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> but it's doing really well. Oh man, um, um, before I get started with your career, um, how did you get the gig for for um Deadpool for Colossus? Well, uh. Uh, a company that I work with quite a bit uh, named Blur, they are the ones who are uh, doing a lot of the effects on Deadpool. Yeah. And uh, I work with them on other projects. I work uh, quite a bit in the industry, both as an actor and uh, doing motion capture. Mm-hmm. And especially when it comes to motion capture, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to, to be one of the guys, one of the go-to guys, especially for action or, or particular kinds of movements when acting. So... I'm just really fortunate. I get to work with uh, the motion capture supervisor, a cat named Darren Ross, and uh, he's he's an amazing talent. He's really good at making action happen. And Darren works with uh, the director of Blur. Uh, and, I'm sorry, the director of Deadpool, and uh, his name is Tim uh, uh, Tim Miller. Mm-hmm. And Tim is a beast. He's beast mode. When it comes to directing, he knows what he wants. He's a fan of the comic books. He's a fan of Deadpool. And he knows how to tell the story, as you can tell. Yeah. So he's a great director. And, uh, and Darren's a great mocap supervisor, a great action guy as well. So those two together are unstoppable, especially when it comes to uh, making... Um, I heard a lot of good stuff about Tim Miller, and I know the sky's the limit for him. Um, I was going to ask you, is there a difference between performance capture and motion capture? You know, like what Andy Serkis does in um, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, or is it the same genre? Sure. Uh, motion capture is largely the, the general name. Okay. More or less, the, the terms are interchangeable. But uh, motion capture is the general term for it. Performance capture is usually, it has more to do with the acting part. So sometimes you're doing pure stunts. So maybe you get hit by something hard and you go flying back. Mm-hmm. You are performing, but they generally will call that motion capture. Uh, or, or doing something simple like walking or running, pointing mm-hmm. a gun. If you're acting out of steam, they tend to refer refer to that. But performance capture, 
but you're actually performing uh, a scene and acting. So <laughs> for the most part, you're right, they're interchangeable, but uh, performance captures more for the acting part, and motion capture is just more for basic moving uh, minus any acting performance. Oh, and how long was how, how long was um, your days for working on Deadpool? They're pretty standard days, and and to be honest, they go really fast. Cause dude, playing a superhero, it, it <laughs> goes fast. That's not a work day. That's a play day. So it's bananas. It's really really fun. Uh, and yeah, we just had standard eight hour work days for the most part, and we just banged it out. It's great stuff. Oh, it's amazing, man. You had a tremendous cast. Um, Brianna Hildebrand, Ryan Reynolds, um, um, who else? Um, I forgot the names right now, but um, the cast was really um, Ed Serkin. There was a pretty top-notch cast that you had there. Absolutely. Those, they're, they're all great actors. Uh, I think Ryan Reynolds, this is a, like a passion project for him. Yeah. And uh, I believe he's an executive producer on it as well. And he's been pushing to get this made for a long time, uh, along with uh, Tim Miller and those two together, finally, after a long struggle and a long fight, it made it happen. It was not an easy road. And, you know, anything worth doing isn't. But in the long run, it paid off because we got one of the best superhero films, I believe, of the genre. And I'm really happy to be a part of that. Yeah. I know what Fox needs to do right now is good, give us a badass Fantastic Four and then we'll be straight. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> I, and I love, I love, I love that. Um, you want my honest opinion? Yeah, yeah, what do you think? Well, I wasn't a fan of it. Like, I think they tried to make it really dark, like, almost like, I think they tried to make, make it, like, Nolan-esque, and, yeah. um, the guys were a little bit too young. I love Michael B. Jordan, don't get me wrong, and I love the rest of the cast, but, I don't know, it wasn't a right fit. It wasn't a right fit, you know? Like, <laughs> you know, call me a traditionalist, but... You know, you should. You know, everybody should have been white. You know, they should have got everybody white. You know what I'm saying? But not to say that Michael B. Jordan couldn't play Johnny Storm. But you know what I'm saying? You know, I'm a minority myself saying this. So I just thought, I just thought it should have just been, you know, get an all white cast and go to the source material where everybody loves it from the comics. You have all that source material. There is no need to add this extra, you know extra stuff to it. There was no need for that, you know? Like, you know, the first the first 20, 30 minutes of the movie was really good, but then it just got dull. It got really dull. I don't know. Okay, okay, I see it. I actually enjoyed it more when Dr. Doom showed up. And I, when he showed up, it suddenly became a horror movie. And I'm like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> it got real scary all of a sudden. I'm like, now, I didn't expect that, but I gotta say, it was cool, man, and he, the, my only problem with it was he starts out just crushing people, left and right, and then he has a problem with them, like he can't do the same thing anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? Why don't you just grab his head and crush it again? Just do that again, because it was working for you when you woke up, so just do that again. So, yeah, I had fun watching it, but I, I loved it that part, but it wasn't consistent. Yeah. Which so many movies in this genre aren't. So. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I wasn't really a fan of the Tim Story one either. Like, you know, um, you know, don't get me wrong. The way the Silver Surfer looked and with the voice of Lawrence Fishburne. Was it Lawrence Fishburne that did the voice, I believe? I, right? I don't remember, was it? <sighs> I'm trying to remember. I'm surprised. I, I remember he had a really 
voice. Yeah, I believe I believe it was him. If I'm wrong, I'm sure I'm gonna wow, get. I'm gonna. I didn't know that. Yeah, you know, I I thought it was great, you know, but it was too. I don't know. It was too apple pie ish. I don't know. It wasn't. You know, it, the 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 soup was. Yeah, yeah. But, but that kind of was the Fantastic Four always were, as far as I remember. They were, they were, they, I think they were born out of the, the circus side. Mm-hmm. I mean, one's the strong man, one's the stretchy guy, one's the fire, and, you know, they, they had that circus vibe. They were always yeah. kind of apple pie-ish. They were always lighter. And yeah. that's okay, as long as you stick to it. And and the movies, I think they went too, too okay. I mean, the one with Silver Surfer, the way I remember it, is it was all about the wedding. Yeah. I'm like, I don't care about this wedding. Why do I watch a wedding? Can we just start with a wedding and then be done with it? Because I don't care about that. I want to see people fight. I want to see the thing go off. I want to see torch go bananas. I want to see all of that. I know. But... You know, yeah. I yeah, you know, but I thought Jessica Alba was very miscast in it, and those blue contacts and that blonde hair—that really had to go. You know, it was so distracting, right? <laughs> yes, yes. I thought I was the only I, one I, that I thought that. Exactly. You see, like it was almost like they were trying to make her a white girl. If you wanted a white girl, get a white girl. Yeah, like you know. Yeah, and that was really distracting. I, I, yeah, it was. You're right. You're right. That's a really good point. Yeah, you know, like you know, it, it was no need for that, but. Um, even, you know, on a, it wasn't really a movie, but the Roger Corman movie really had it packed. It, it wasn't a great movie by any sense, but it it, yeah. it, it had that comic book feel to it, you know? Yeah, it did. It was fun. You know? So, TJ, how did it all start for you, man? Like, how did you get involved in the whole La La Land Hollywood atmosphere, man? How did um everything came to fruition for you? Well, I'll tell you, uh, when, I was, when I was really, really young, uh-huh. Uh, I was a geek, to be honest. I'm a super geek. I was reading comic books and playing Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like that. Yeah. Needless to say, I got no play. I just did not understand chicks. I just couldn't. I was like, hey, you want to go to the dance? No. Why? <laughs> so I'm like, all right, this ain't working. I gotta, I gotta learn to be a little bit cooler if I ever want to ever see a, a girl <laughs> in my life then. So, to be honest, I was like, you know what, I need to learn how to be cooler. i got to become an athlete, and I started playing basketball. Yeah. And i got to learn to dance. And I became a dancer, a break dancer at the time. Yeah. So, I was pop, lock, break dance, and fool for a long time. Uh, and a very long story, very short, I ended up getting, I, I ended up getting pretty good. And I ended up getting a, uh, I won a, a dance scholarship through a massive battle. There was a massive dance battle. We won, and I, I got a dance scholarship out of it. Went to dance school, uh, became a professional dancer, came out to L.A., and I graduated from dance to the recording industry, from the recording industry to, you know, acting. And I'd been studying martial arts since I was seven. So on low-budget movies, like all the kickboxer films and all of those, I did a ton of those. Yeah. And they never had... Or rarely did they have a choreographer because mm-hmm. they didn't have the budget for it. Yeah. Like, I'll just make a fight happen here. So because I was a dancer and a dancers choreograph all the time, and I was a martial artist, I could choreograph fights with a good rhythm and, and good lines and, and good action. So I started doing that more and more often. I choreographed my own fights. I act, and then I eventually went to acting school. I should have done it the other way around, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I learned to act way better 
unfortunately. And I continued to do a lot of action. And one day I was in a director's class and I'm sitting next to a guy and he's like, hey, you want to help me work on this system? It's called motion capture. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is that? He's like, you put on the suit, you move around and the computer captures your movements but doesn't see your face. And then we put whatever we want on that movement. I can make you look like a lizard. I can make you look like Spider-Man, whatever. I'm like, yeah, I'll be out. So we did that and kaboom. Last forward 15 more years, and I'm still doing all of that. I'm still doing action. I'm working on, well, I'm in the new kickboxing movie with Jean Claude Van Damme and Dave Batista yeah. uh, called Kickboxing Vengeance. And just in another movie called The Martial Arts Kid, and now I'm in Deadpool as Kalaf. Uh, and I keep get, getting to do some fun stuff. I got to work on Godzilla. I did some motion for that uh, as Godzilla. Uh, just all kinds of fun stuff. And that's what I'm watching. Uh, do you feel that motion capture doesn't get a lot of respect out there? Because, you know, it's not even in the title credits where you see, like, motion capture by, you know? Like, do you feel like it's almost like, you know, not really acknowledged as much? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, I don't know why, necessarily. I, I didn't know why. It's always about money, I think. Yeah. So if, if the people start realizing, hey, there's a certain group of individuals who are really good at this. Then they'll start to realize, hey, we're going to have to pay them more. But if they keep us a secret, then we got to keep working or just whatever. And, and I think it's about the money for the most part. Uh, and that's just the industry in general. Now, it's getting slightly better, slowly better. Uh, Andy Serkis is the one guy that everybody kind of knows. Yeah. Uh, but besides that, there's a lot of talented, a lot of talented, incredible motion capture people. There's Richard Dorton and all these amazing people who are great actors, great performers. They're kings of motion capture, but uh, there's Wilson Langdon, there are people like that, but unfortunately, you just don't know their names very often uh, unless you're a super fan. So uh, hopefully Hollywood will catch up and uh, start to give them a little bit of recognition. Mm. What, what is your role in Kickboxer Vengeance? Um, I don't know if I can say. <laughs> because it's not out officially yet. But isn't it isn't it on IMDb though in the credits though? Wouldn't it be there though? Like it may be. I don't know because when I look at IMDb right now, it may be. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm fighting in it. I'll say that you're fighting because it's not out. I don't want to. I don't want to give give it away too much yet. But uh, yeah, it's a fun movie. It's really really fun. It's cool to see these guys do their thing and they do it well. Still, uh, absolutely fun stuff. So check it out when it comes out. It's gonna be better. Uh, you know how remakes and reboots from like original movies are usually not as good as the original. Um, um, how how would this movie be as good or even better than the original? Um, that's always subjective. So yeah, I think it's cool, especially because it continues on the path of the original Kickboxer. It's not a complete reboot because because. Things have evolved in it. Uh, and again, I don't know how much I can talk about because it's not out quite yet and I don't want to give it away. But, gotcha. but things have evolved and, and it's a natural evolution. And you're like, hey, that's kind of cool. That's cool. So so I think I think it's pretty cool. I think it's pretty fun. And the guy, uh, one of the stars, his name Elaine Lustine, he's an amazing martial artist. He's a solid actor. And uh, uh, it's really fun to watch. It's really good stuff. It is a good job, I think. It has the right amount of comedy in it. 
but it's still a serious martial arts movie. And it's that old school fun that you enjoyed when you were watching the kickboxer stuff. And they brought that back. Oh. Is Van Damme playing the role of um, the the trainer this time around, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. That's part of the natural evolution. So, yeah, with that happening, you're like, hey, that's kind of cool. And you remember the stuff that he went through, so you can see why uh, he teaches the way he does. And it's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, how long have you been in the business now, TJ? You've been in the business for quite some time, right? A long time, man. I, I lost track, dude. But it, <laughs> I've been doing this for a long time long time and it's still just as fun as when I got into it. I'm just happy that I understand what's going on a little bit better now. When you first start out, I mean your head's spinning. You're you're running to an audition, you're hoping that you did a good job. When you're on the set you're you're hoping you don't offend anybody, you don't want to do the wrong thing, uh, you don't know how far you can go but but after a while you start getting the feel for everything and you you have fun at your job and you can really enjoy the entire process. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things to learn. So uh, if, you get, if you're thinking about getting into the business, be prepared for a really long ride because it takes a long time to get this stuff under control and get a good sense of it over the long haul. And uh, that's not easy, but it's worth it. Well, how has, well, you, you said a little bit about it, but um, how does acting and, you know, motion capture, how has it changed your life? And how does it, how does it make you the person you are today? You don't have a, a normal nine to five job when you're doing this stuff, and if you do, good luck. Because <laughs> I mean, if, if you have a nine to five job, then you got to be there every day. They need you. You got to be there. But if you're an actor, uh, you got to be ready to go on a moment's notice. You got to be ready to go to Slovakia or to the Philippines or to Egypt to shoot. They, they may call you in next week because things changed, or you may have to prepare to go to somewhere for a month, and then it follows through. Your schedule is constantly shifting and changing. And and you have to be really flexible, and you have to just you have, to have a good mindset for it. You have to be okay with rejection. You have to be okay with the Hollywood game, the Hollywood theme. You have to be okay. You have to have a good business head, but you still have to be an artist. It's a lot of, it's a lot of stuff. So uh, I grew up in this, and I always kind of knew that I wanted this. If you're just jumping into it, it can really mess with your head. Because it's unstable. It's, it's there's nothing guaranteed. You just gotta love. You just gotta love the art of it. You gotta understand the need for the way the, the business runs, and you gotta keep on striving. That's what it's all about. Um, your trademark is your hair. Would you ever lose your hair if the role required for it? Hell yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I got these braids. I got braids right now, long braids, but. That was, my hair was just long and unbraided before, yeah. but I did a movie called Black Cobra, and they're like, hey, we want to make you look more tribal, more like you're from Africa. Do we do this? Race <laughs> again, again? And I started working yeah. like that, so I just kept it because, number one, it's cool, and two, I work like that, so I like it. But yeah. if somebody's like, hey, we want you to be Samson, and we want to cut your hair off in the middle of the movie, I'm like, cool, pay me. Wow. Like, Boom. And... <laughs> Now, um, how long did it take for your hair to grow that long? I haven't cut it since I was a kid, man. Oh, wow. <laughs> you, wait. Let it go. So you never yeah, been to the barbershop? Huh? <laughs> you never been to the barbershop? Any shape-ups or anything? Nothing? Just for the end, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. They oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. I'm not trying to regrow all of this. That's just too much work. 
uncomfortable period. You know, between short and long, but your hair just like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> oh, you must go through a bottle of shampoo, man. Dude, I know you want to start, man. I, I, if they ever need, if I could ever say the word, don't hate me because I'm beautiful, I shake my head in slow motion, shoot, I can get paid. I can get paid. I go. I keep them in business. <laughs> well, I think I think there's a picture out there of you having like you throwing out your hair back. That that could be a good um Calgon commercial yeah, or that's, shampoo. That's, that's, right. That that's that's the shot. That's real slow. Nope. I, I don't need that. <laughs> uh, um. How how was your work on the martial arts kid? Because I know that the film is still going around in tours and everything. They I think they came to New York a while ago. How was that experience for you? Martial arts kids was really fun. Um, we were actually at uh, uh, an event, I believe, in Detroit, and I was sitting next to the producer, James Wilson, and the director, uh, Michael Baumgarten. Yeah. And they're like, hey, you'll be a great addition to our movie. Now, in Hollywood, that's how you start conversations, just to talk. And we don't take that very seriously anymore. Because everybody says that stuff. They're like, hey, you'd be great in a movie. What are you doing? I'm like, Cool, man. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah, let's do it. I'm always nodding and smiling. I'm like, yeah, sure, let's do it. But fortunately, I do know James Wilson, and he doesn't say that very often. He's pretty serious. So I'm like, okay, cool. And and then I got to know Michael, and he's a serious director. He he puts his mind to it, and he, he makes stuff happen, and they both did it. They showed up. Uh, Don Wilson was in the movie. Cynthia Rothrock, the queen of Kung Fu, was in the movie. Yes. So. Uh, the Lady Dragon. They, these guys all gathered together. They gathered some of the best martial artists in the United States. And they put a film together. And I'm proud to say it's a good film. It's a good film. It's really fun. And we're already talking about doing the sequel now. Mm-hmm. So it's going well. It's going really well. The martial arts schools and martial arts community are really getting behind it. They're a strong anti-bullying message. So I'm proud of it. I'm proud that it's doing a great job and, and teaching this thing. Oh, tell the people out there what was your role in the movie. Uh, I play uh, Coach Kane, so I'm the antagonist in the martial arts kid. Uh, but I was trying to be clear. I was like, "Look, I'm representing an entire race, so I don't just want to be evil for evil's sake." Because <laughs> I don't feel that that's good or representative for us, especially as one of the only ethnic people in the film, aside from Don the Dragon Wilson. Yeah. Uh, so they're like, "Oh, okay, that's cool." So. I am an antagonist, but I simply have a different point of view. I'm not a bad guy. Uh, so I'm happy about that. And actually, they're talking about, hey, can we bring you as the good guy? Uh, put you on the good guy's team in the second one. I'm like, no, that would be awesome. That would be beautiful. So, yeah, that's what's happening, and I'm really proud of that. Yeah, that's cool. Not all minorities are bad, damn it. <laughs> what's that? I said not all minorities are bad. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> You know, <laughs> um, I'm happy to see that change. Yeah, I know. I know. Do you feel that in Hollywood that minorities are? You know how Will Smith, you know, was saying, you know, like there's not like, a lot of nominations for minorities and stuff like that. Do you feel that we get a good, um, like every everything is even, Steven, in Hollywood? Well, the Oscars are today, and we know yeah. who's not there, yes. and we know why they're not there. I'll. It's normal. I get that. That's yeah. where we're at right now. That a certain group controls uh, that particular uh, media, that particular industry. I, I get that. And 
they want to sell the most tickets. So they think they're going to use a, a certain group of people to sell the most tickets because that's who's going to buy tickets. When I don't believe that's necessarily true. Now, I do have that issue with Gods of Egypt. I mean, I watch that. I'm like, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Now, I can't say that it was a bad movie. I cannot say that it was bad. It is not a bad movie. I just, you say Egypt. I want to see Egypt. I want to mm -hmm. see people representative of North Africa. Mm -hmm. And I, I would have seen it either way. In fact, I would have been passionate about it had it been Egyptians in the movie. Mm -hmm. But you know, I believe one guy was Scottish mm -hmm. and the other guy was British, I think. Yeah. The guy from uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, yeah, I didn't need to watch that with those stars. But but I think Hollywood needs to have a voice about it. This is the people we want to see. We want to see the right people doing the right the right roles. I mean, there was a, another movie. It wasn't an action movie, so I didn't watch it. But there's a movie that takes place in Hawaii, and one of the female stars is supposed to be Asian or at least half Asian, and she was blonde and blue eyed. And I'm like, what? I grew up in Hawaii. <laughs> you do not look half Asian. Yeah. Everybody knows you don't look half Asian. So, Hollywood needs to quit doing that. They do need to recognize that the world is made up of a greater number of people than just just one race. And I think we would enjoy some much better. I'm excited when I see people of a, of a different race, of a full ethnic background in films. I grew up with the multi-ethnic culture in Hawaii and in Los Angeles. Everybody is it. Oh. The Middle Easterners. And they're cool people. They're cool as hell. All of them. Persians, Arabs, they're cool as hell. They ain't trying to be terrorists. And they don't care if they're Muslim or not. They're awesome. They're great people. I know lots of Asians. I know Vietnamese, Laotians, Japanese, and Chinese. And they're really cool people, too. And their food is awesome. So, <laughs> I want to see them all represented in film. And last but not least, uh, blacks make up a huge portion of the population. Mm -hmm. I want to see them in movies. I want to see them represented as well as Latinos. I want to see them all well represented. I want to see South Americans as well as Mexicans as well as Central Americans. I want to see them all well represented in film and and uh, appropriately represented as well. Um, do you feel the movies you have done, do you feel they represent the minorities well? Like, do you, like, are you not the only black person on set? There's other, um, other black actors or Spanish actors as well? In the beginning, I noticed that I was playing the villain quite a bit. Because I was tall and I had long hair and, and oh, I'm the villain again. And then by the, by the 15th, 16th movie, I'm like, how am I always a villain? I am a happy person. Why am I so <laughs> I didn't think it was that particularly mean looking. Especially when I was in my 20s, I was just, I looked like, I, I didn't know what the hell was going on. I wasn't i wasn't mean enough to be the villain, but they kept hiring me as a villain. So eventually I started turning down the villain role. I'm just like, no, nah, I don't want to be a villain no more. And then I, I got on a TV show called Conan. And on Conan, I was one of the good guys. I was part of Conan's team. Yeah. And that made me happy. I was proud of that. And I went to work proud to be one of the good guys and that felt different and I think that was important and then one day when I was I, was, I think I was on Venice uh, Boardwalk uh, a woman and a child uh, ran up to me and like, hey let me get your autograph and I kneeled down to talk to the kid and she goes first off let me say thank you for 
kneeling down. You didn't have to do that. And second, thank you for representing us. Thank you for showing that our people can be heroes because it means a lot to him. And that touched my heart. So from that point on, I'm like, they're right. I grew up watching Bruce Lee. I was captivated by Bruce because he was the only person who didn't look like everybody else mm. in the movie or on television. That was the first person I saw that back in Fort Wayne, Indiana, I think, where when I was a little kid, I saw him on screen somewhere, and I'm like, wow, this guy's awesome. And he's different than all those other people. And, I, and believe me, in Fort Wayne, Indiana, I was different than everybody else around me. <laughs> so I understood that being different doesn't mean it's bad. It can just mean, hey, it's special. Do your thing. And I want to tell that story. I want to know, I want to let people know that if they're different or if they're part of not the major, the majority group, the racial group, you still have a distinct place and you're still important and you still matter. You know what's it's amazing that everybody relates back to Bruce Lee, even from when I was a child. I love Bruce Lee, and I think I think you're right. I think you hit the nail on the head because he looked different. He didn't look like everybody else. He wasn't Chuck Norris or you know or Steven Seagal. You know he was he was you know ethnic. He was Asian, and you know he was cut up and he was slim, and he was doing all these moves we haven't seen before. You know so. Yeah. You know, it, it's funny because everybody is it has some. E- either you love the movie Scarface or you love, you know, you love Bruce Lee. You know, that's what yep. it comes out to it. Absolutely, absolutely. And reputation, he was also passionate. Yeah. He was that. That is magic. To see passion on screen, that is magic, man. To, to see somebody who loves what they do and they love it so much that they've done it for years before you ever see them do it, and to have that skill, to have that level of skill means you've had that passion for a long time, and he had that. And then he happily shared it on screen, and that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love to do. I love to bring it like that when I can, if I can. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Um, getting involved in acting and stunt work. Um, what do you prefer more, the acting aspect of it, or just doing stunt work? Now, to tell the truth, and this is important, I am not a stuntman. I am an action actor. Action so, actor. Sorry about guy, that. No, no, no. Yes, good. It's, it's, it's freaking awesome. And I'm, I'm honored to be confused with stuntmen, but to be to be clear, stuntmen, that is a lifetime uh, commitment to do stunts. you got to train every single day. You have to be prepared for every single kind of stunt. Now, some people are specialists, like there's stunt drivers, there's stunt, uh, you know, air people who jump out of planes, there's stunt water people who do scuba stuff, there's, there's guys who fall, there's guys who set themselves on fire, and then there's generalists. They can do a little bit of all of that. But, uh, so now, a lot of people say that I'm a stunt guy because I do martial arts. That is the least of what a stunt man can do. Almost every time I can throw a punch, throw a kick. And, but then they, they get specialists. So there's trickers, guys who do martial arts tricks. So you see them in the Avengers playing Nightcrawler or, or the Blue Skin Girl, Mystique. Uh, because their tricking is so amazing that they can do that. Uh, now I'm an action actor. Uh, action actors... There's not a lot of us, but we, we specialize in bridging the, the divide between stunts and acting with uh, more of a bent towards acting. But we can carry the scene and, and act relatively well while still carrying some semblance of you believing that we're physical people or, mar- or martial artists and stuff like that. Now, I am a martial artist, and, and I've trained for a long time to be able to do it well. But if you hit me in the movie and knock me off a building, guess what? 
that's not me you're watching falling off the building. There ain't no way I'm going to fall off a building. You're not getting me to fall off a building. I'm not falling off of nothing more than five feet. Because I'm not falling. No. That's stunts. And stunts get to do that. Now, on the other hand, stunt guys are awesome, but they are not, they're not recognized by the Academy. The Academy Awards, the Oscars, they're going on today. There is no category for uh, stunts in the Oscars. And... If you guys hit up social media, whether it's on Facebook or on Twitter or on Instagram, the new hashtag stand at the stunt, so you guys can support our, our stunt people, the people that I work with on a daily basis, the most amazing, and talk about passion. These guys are passionate. You just don't get to see it as much. But every time you see some action, that's the stunt people doing that. And the Oscars don't recognize them quite yet. And they absolutely 100% need to be recognized because they're so committed we put hashtag stand up for stunts uh, to support our stuntmen brothers and sisters to start to be recognized. The best stunt coordinator or the best stunts in the film, those things need to be recognized because imagine all the films that we watch minus all the action. Mm-hmm. That is like watching The Notebook over and over again. There's no way I'm going to watch that movie again, ever. So, <laughs> no, no, no. stand up for stunts. Hashtag stand up for stunts. And get the Oscars nominated, uh, nominating stunt coordinators and stunt men and women for their hard work yeah. and, and dedication. Man, you know, you put it out there to the, you know, to the listeners. Um, definitely, they should definitely do that because, you know, you know, I think what is it? Tom Cruise did his own stunt by holding on to the plane, but I'm sure he didn't do every single thing that was in Mission Impossible, right? I believe so. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about that. I don't know Tom Cruise. Yeah. I do know that they are not going to let Tom Cruise hang out on the plane <laughs> or hang off the top of a tall building. You know why? Because they didn't let Jackie Chan do that. Now, yeah. Jackie Chan is an action actor, but he came out of stunt. Yeah. Now, he has broken every bone in his body. He has got more skill in his left foot than any three of me and my friends have in our entire body. That guy is super skilled. But when he came here, they just wouldn't let him do his own stuff. They won't let him do his own stuff because... He's worth too much, and you can't insure him if he doesn't. If he gets hurt, insurance goes through the roof, and the, the film is over. So if they're not going to let Jackie Chan do it, guess what? They're not going to let Tom Cruise do it. They're not going to let Olivia Munn do it. Olivia Munn just said she did all her own stunts on, what is it, X-Men? I mean, yeah. that, that, that's nice. That's a nice thought, but no, it's pretty unlikely that you can flip, you can use swords at a uh, black belt level, it's unlikely that you can do all that stuff. It's extraordinarily unlikely. And still, you know, be Olivia Munn, who's an amazing actress and a beautiful woman, but no, you ain't got all those skills. So go ahead and give the stunt people the credit they absolutely deserve because those people are out there busting their butts to make you look good. But you don't have to take all the credit. So no, Tom Cruise didn't do his stunts, all of his stunts. There ain't no way that happened. And uh, other people will say that? Nope. I can't even do all the cool stuff that you see in movies. The hell, I'm pretty good, but I still need a lot of help. So some people make me look damn good. Yeah, you know, I think there was one show about a stuntman. Was it the Fall Guy with um Lee Majors, where it was a show about yeah. a stuntman? <laughs> you exactly. said stuntman. That's the only thing I remembered. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, I remember. I used to love that show. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. Um, what do you think um, about um, 
a lot, a lot of the you know how they say the B movies or like the um straight to DVD movies. Um, um, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like um people are still watching it to this day, or it, um people don't really recognize it as much? You know, uh, to be honest, I'm I'm glad they're still there. Number one, yes. I'm glad that those movies are still there because imagine all the people making films in their garages, in their backyards. Those films gotta go somewhere. Yeah. Well, when you dream, when you take out your your video camera or your recorder and you're like, "Hey guys, I got an idea. Let's do this cool thing." First time you do it, you show it to your friends. Second time you do it, you might be a little bit better. You put it on YouTube. Then you start maxing out your credit card because you now you're passionate. Now you're gonna do it big time. Max out all your credit cards. You borrow some money from your parents and you put a movie together, a 90 minute movie. That's an independent film now. Now you're ready to go to a film festival or maybe put it out to a distributor to get it on Redbox or Netflix. That's independent film. We need more of that. That is where the next level of brilliant people come from. And I want to see those people keep on doing that because that is the future. I don't want to watch just the people who the studio pick from their own little crop. That's nice and all. That's wonderful. But the studio, they are actually looking to see who's going to rise out of all that noise, who has got something good going on? And it comes out of independent film. So we need that. We need those guys who are putting their film straight to DVD, straight into the red box. Uh, you guys have red box out there? Yep, we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Netflix, Amazon. Fortunately for us all, Netflix and Amazon are recognizing a lot of those people. And they're taking their, their products and they're putting it out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of independent film uh, companies that are also doing the same. They go to Sundance when the film is one of the bigger ones. But they also go to the smaller film festivals and they're looking for those and they go, hey, this guy's got some talent. Let's talk to him or let's keep an eye on him. So don't give up. If you're one of those people making those films, do your film and do not give up. Mm-hmm. Um, describe a typical day of training for you. What is the most important thing you do when you train on the most? Like, what do you train on? Like, upper body, legs? What do you do? Sure, sure. Um, the most important thing is not to get injured. Uh, because <laughs> yeah. I, it sounds pretty common sense, but the truth is, an injury is, is real. And once you've done it a couple of times, you never want to do that again. It's like a root canal. I'm good. I don't know. I'm good. So I, my main concern is maintaining the skill I have and attaining new skills without getting injured. So I'll, I'll train at least five times a week in the gym. Um, I'm training martial arts wherever I can, whenever I can. I'll obtain the skills. So one day, I might be training in Capoeira with my maestro, uh, who is named Amir Solsky. He's here in Los Angeles. He's an amazing caparista, and he's an incredible guy who does this incredible Capoeira. He flips it all over the place. Then the next day, I'll go train with Anthony Kleeman, who is doing uh, Filipino Extrema. He does a style called the Buffy Paris Extrema. Uh, then I might go, you know, train with Simon or Philip Ree and those guys doing taekwondo is Whenever I can, I try to train, but uh, it's, all, it's constant learning process. So you got to balance doing the new stuff with not pushing it too far because your body has to think it's time to learn the new skill so it doesn't injure itself. Because you want to go really hard, you want to learn really fast. You want to try hard, but that try hard risks injury. So you got to go nice and slow, find your pace, find your space, and then do it right. 
Yeah. Um, what other hobbies or, or interests do you have in? Are there any like hobbies that you do? Like, what would uh, uh, what would TJ's Storm's hobby be? Like collecting stamps or anything? Um, no way. before Cynthia Rothrock how she like changed the game especially acting and her accolades in um martial arts um do you do you think like Hollywood is missing like that you know that woman feature because you know Cynthia Rothrock movies everybody was going to you know like do you feel that we don't have a woman no more that could lead a film like back in the days where you could see a Cynthia Rothrock movie Yes, yes. Penny. She was in, now, this 300 part two, uh, Rise of an Empire, okay, that was not the best movie ever. But yeah. she was awesome in that. Yeah. I, that was the first time I believe a female in a lead action role 
That's the first time I believed it. I felt it in my gut. Now, in other movies, I'm like, oh, I wonder what actors, I mean, I wonder what stuff woman did that move. And I wonder what, because I, I don't feel that that person that I'm watching on screen has the physical capability. But I forgot that. And then movie, when I was watching Eva Green do her thing, I'm like, damn. <laughs> she, she's a strong actress. And she, she brings the physicality to the point where I actually believe it's in a crossover. So I'm like, I think she's fighting people and messing them up. I do not want to make that woman mad. And if she's holding the sword, I don't want to be anywhere near her. So that's a good feeling. That, she, she, she kind of had a Sigourney Weaver feel in Alien. When you believe that Sigourney Weaver was doing all this stuff, she had that strength. So yeah. I'm happy to see that coming about for women in this film. And I'm looking forward to seeing how Wonder Woman is going to appear in, in Superman versus Batman. I do not have high hopes, to be honest. I see Wonder Woman and she looks skinny. And I'm like, how is that Wonder Woman? You see, I'm um, after debate with you on that one because look at Linda Carter. She wasn't like solid or brolic, you know, like that, right? Linda Carter, though, she was just cool. That was yeah. cool. And she was not skinny. She yeah. wasn't skinny. Yeah. She, she was athletic. I felt like Linda Carter was athletic. She had strong legs. Yeah. She wasn't muscular, but she was strong in the time. She was athletic for what was that, the 70s? Early yeah. 80s? Yeah. But, but this girl, I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's just skinny. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Did, um, did you buy her in the in the Furious movies? Did you buy, like, her role in it? She was just somebody's sister or something, wasn't she? No, remember she was with Han, and, you know, she had the gun, and she was, like, the, the, um, the, um, the thief, but she had some fighting technique. Yeah, you know, out there, you know, a lot of people are saying Wonder Woman is the standout of the movie. So, you know, hopefully you might eat your words when you see the film, probably. Yeah, I hope so. I absolutely hope so. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finally sit down and just clear my mind and, and watch it. But but I, when I but honestly, when I think of Wonder Woman, I grew up looking at her and I'm just thinking, oh, she's really strong. She's, yeah. not, she's not the size of She-Hulk, but she's in that neighborhood. Yeah. So, and she-Hulk she was always strong, like... <laughs> I think it's going to be really awesome. Though. I think it's going to be a really good movie. I hope so. I hope so. Um, speaking of superheroes, if you had the option to play a superhero, which superhero would you play? Uh, one 
that probably hasn't been seen yet. Because I don't think that there's a superhero that isn't in a secondary position to all the other superheroes racially. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, there's, there's, there's Power Man, uh, Luke Cage. Luke, yeah, Luke Cage, yeah. And, and they're shooting him now. They're, they're doing that now. And that's nice. He, he was, uh, he came out of the, the, the Black Power movement. Yeah. And I think that's why you call him Power Man. He came out of that time. And I think that's cool. That's cool. But he was always teamed with Iron Fist. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. And then there's Bishop, which a lot of people think I should, I should play Bishop because mm. I have hair, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> have enough diversity of heroes, you know, superheroes. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. They're all second, secondary because these are the heroes that came out of the last 30 years and they're still frozen in that position. They were made 30 years ago, so they're all secondary characters. They're tertiary characters. They're, they're coming on, on those tiers, which is okay. That's a step in the right direction. But there are a lot of people that would support an amazing superhero. I'll mean a lot of people. An Asian superhero. Make somebody really, really cool. And I'm not going to go down the old path of saying, make him a super samurai. No! Why do you got to be a samurai? Just make him a cool superhero. An Asian dude, he got to be a samurai. He doesn't have to do martial arts every time. It's really not necessary. Yeah. And the, the black superhero does not got to come out of the ghetto, out of the urban area. Just make him black. Just make him black character. That would be really cool. A Latino character does not have to wear a sombrero. Please don't put a sombrero on the Latino character. That would be great. Thank you. Yeah. Just make him cool character. Just let him do his thing. Now, do you remember back in the days when they had the Super Friends and they had to put in three um, minority characters in it? Uh, who were they? Um, Black Vulcan, El Dorado, and Samurai. Remember? See? That's exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. El Dorado. Yeah. Why? Why? Why is not the El Dorado? Exactly. And, and black Vulcan? Yup. He's a black Vulcan? <laughs> what is that? Black Vulcan? Yep. Do you sounds rem- like a tire. <laughs> sounds like a tire. Yeah. And, and Sa- samurai, samurai, yep. He's got to be a samurai. Yep. <laughs> I'm surprised it wasn't Vulcan and Gleep. Yeah. And the Wonder Twins. I hated the Wonder Twins oh. and I don't like Snark. 
<laughs> you know, his, you know, I remember the, the the Wonder Twins form of water. The only super thing he could transform to was water. That made no sense. Every time. Yep. And who carries a bucket around all the time? Do <laughs> you have a bucket in your utility belt? Is that yep. how you're prepared? That's not right. Uh, but you, I'm saying, think about it. When we was minorities back then, watching that, those were our what we had to look up to. You know. Dude, that's not right. No. <laughs> okay, the gargoyles started to make it cool. Gargoyles, although he wasn't technically black, you could hear people. You could hear his voice. And yeah. You know who that was? That was uh, Keith I da- that was Keith David. Yeah, Keith right? David. Yes, it was. Yes. Yeah, he was dope. His voice. I was, as soon as I heard his voice, I'm like, oh, that guy's badass. Yeah. And and Pantro was cool too. Yeah. He was uh, like the wise one on the team. Yeah, that was that was Earl Hyman, right? Yeah, yeah. Those um, voices. It's funny though, like you knew which characters were black just from the voice. You know that that that, yeah. that, that was that, that was like amazing. Especially people don't realize like Panthro was um Cliff's father from the Cosby Show, which was amazing. Yeah, yes. When I learned that, it was like mind blown. That's <laughs> weird. That was awesome. That was really cool to find that out. So yeah, you're right. You're totally right. And and yeah, I I just want to see that continue to evolve. I want to see that happen. Do you feel um, like um, Hollywood should come up with a, a good like minority superhero? Speaking of superheroes, still like I don't know, like come up with an original idea for a minority superhero, or do you have anything in mind? Yeah, absolutely. We're pitching a television series right now. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. We're pitching a television series right now. It's an amazing television series called Omega, and uh, its it, it lead is a minority. I can't tell you too much about it, but. But it makes sense. The character makes sense. It's not any special circumstance. It's just what he does, and, and, and he is thrown into the situation that he has to become a hero. He doesn't want to, but he has to become the hero. Because he is gifted with a certain set of skills, and, and you will recognize the characters because you kind of already know them, and they're really, really cool. So we're out there, and people are really excited about it. So we're, we're happy to be out there pitching it right now. Oh, and it's called Omega? Mm, interesting, interesting. I uh, can't wait to hear more about it. If you know anything does happen, definitely let me know about that. Thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, TJ, um, you have anything else coming up? Because besides um, Kickboxer Vengeance, and um, do you have anything else in the horizons? Um, yeah, we got uh, more projects. Where there's, there's more I can't talk about them yet because it's huge projects, and we're not allowed to. We're under NDAs, but um, there there is some really really fun stuff coming down the road, and I'm excited to be just a small part of it, but man, these things are amazing. There's some really fun video games that I'm working on. Uh, we just released Street Fighter Five, and yes. I play a character named Birdie in that. Uh, oh. he's, a, he's a big, fat, cockney fighter with a bad attitude, and he, he loves to eat. So, <laughs> he's a fun character. And he's talking like this, and he's always mad, and he wants to eat something all the time. So, it's really, it's really, really fun. Uh, there's more films coming out. There's more superhero stuff coming out. There's more martial arts films coming out. We have a lot of stuff coming down down the road that hasn't been released yet. And uh, I'm happy to be a part of all of that. And if, if your your folks are listening they want to follow and support, please hit me up on... Uh, you can search for me on Facebook for actor TJ Storm. 
put actor TJ Storm, you can come to my site or hit me up on Twitter, TJ Storm, or on uh, what you call Instagram. You can just search me out, TJ Storm. I'm the one with the long hair. <laughs> so, yeah, hit me up and follow, and uh, I'll bring you along on the ride because I'm having a blast, and I'm hoping that you guys are enjoying uh, some of the work that we're doing here. Uh, and my final question to you, TJ, is what would the TJ Storm of today tell the TJ Storm of yesterday? Buy stock in Apple. <laughs> True story, man. Man, if I knew anything about man, I'm just saying. Stop Apple and Google. Just buy it. Buy it. Um, I, would, I would get a better business head on the younger me. Because I grew up as an artist. I, I was all about the integrity of the art. Uh, whether it was dancing or it was training martial arts, literally training martial arts eight hours a day, or or physically training my body to be stronger, to look a certain way on screen. I, I dedicated parts of my entire life to gaining those skills. And I would have loved to have known, you need to know more about business. You need to be prepared more mentally uh, give some of that over to the preparation of business so you can understand how this business works and uh, how how life works. Because uh, I'm learning lessons, even now, I'm continuing to learn, and I'm like, wow, there's so much I don't know, and I'm learning still, and I have a long way to go. And I think that's what life's about, just being open to the journey, never saying the words, I know. Don't go, I know. Never say those words. Just be open. Ask lots of questions, and... Uh, Ready to change because life is changing. Uh, TJ, thank you very much out there, and I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. Have a good one.